Jeez Louise. Hi, everybody. It's Andrew, uh, the mistress of pop culture. <laughs> this is my ninth attempt at recording this episode. It's just been one of those weeks that's just off and out of sorts. And it's one of those really funky weeks where things just go awry, which I'm totally cool with. I love it because life, you know, life throws you curveballs and you just have to dip and duck and, you know, sort of go with the flow. You make a plan and God laughs. You know, the whole thing, that whole spiel. I get it. I, I've been through it before. It's fine. But this is one of those weeks and I can sort of sense when they are coming. And I could sense it last week that this, that the following week, which is this week, was going to be off. And I was in fact right because I'm like Karen Smith. My breasts can always tell when it's going to rain. No, like I have a sixth sense. Basically is what I'm saying. Quote Mean Girls. And that's really appropriate because today is hump day. Um, I, had, I, I, I tried starting this episode off various times, eight other times, uh, with different songs, different jokes, but literally nothing worked. So I just sat down for a second. I took a breath. I meditated for a moment. I watched a clip from Sex and the City of Samantha. Uh, and then I just got into it. And so here's hoping. And I'm not going to stop this time. If anything goes awry, if I trip over my words, I'm just going to keep doing the damn thing because that is what my job is as a podcaster. So shout out to you fellow podcasters who literally know what I'm going through, who like feel the, you know, the stress. Sometimes you feel like we're carrying the weight of the world on our back. It's just crazy because in this crazy political time, in this crazy health crisis, like all we can do is literally be our best self. So that's literally what I'm trying to do. So here's to being your best self, everybody. I hope everybody else is having a great week though and not having a week that's sort of out of sorts and if you aren't then that's just great and if you are having a week that's out of sorts then uh, here's to that um i i feel you sis um what else there's some really great stories today i was gonna um i i i had to take my car in to get like looked at for something today it's fine uh but i i, I set my alarm for 8 a.m but of course i woke up at 11 because life is just working that way this week it's really testing me um but i set my alarm for eight and it just like went off at 11. I don't know why. Maybe I subconsciously set it for 11 or maybe my body, like my nocturnal clock was like, no, Andrew, you're going to have to sleep in. I'm a night owl. So I usually don't go to bed till like mm, three, four, but last night I went to bed relatively, relatively early. I went to bed at 2 a.m., which is basically like going, the equivalent of going to bed at 11 a.m. But I uh, went to bed at two. I was, you know, on my phone, scrolling, watching TikToks, watching YouTubes, watching HBO Max. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to get up early. But no, I didn't. So that's that. But anyways, I say all that to say, I'm usually, I wake up late and I go to bed late because I just, I operate better in the evening. That's usually when I record my podcast. Actually, I'm recording this relatively early. I'm recording it at around, what time is it? It's seven o'clock on Tuesday um, for you West Coasters. Uh, and yeah, it's just like how I operate. But anyways, I have some four, I have four really great stories for you guys today. Um, one of our first story, obviously, is sort of um, backpacking off of, is that the right word? Piggybacking, <laughs> backpacking, piggybacking off of a story we talked about yesterday and i'm gonna get into that in just a moment it's abbreviated word for a moment i'm just like trying out new phrases i hope they like pick up like fetch speaking of fetch i was watching mean girls the broadway musical i was watching little clips of it online and i'm really sad because obviously broadway shut down until 2021 and the tour is supposed to come to la and i didn't get to see it which is a huge bummer but that's okay because obviously the world is dealing with a health crisis but i in fact really am like, i'm so eager for broadway to come back although i've been hearing reports that it's going to come back at 50, under 50 percent capacity but i don't know how the theaters are going to sort of sustain longevity with that kind of revenue or lack thereof because these performers how are they going to get paid and it's just we're going into a whole new world a whole brave new world um there's four more months till the end of this year. Uh, we're in an election year. The campaigns are crazy. Everybody's just super, super heightened in emotions. And all you can do, literally, as I said before, is just be best in the words of a certain um, commander-in-chief's wife. Literally, that's what we should be, is be best. But I, I wish that that sort of concept uh, applied to the current administration, who I don't think are being their best. But that's my personal opinion. 
Um, I haven't really talked about politics in a while. I don't have any political stories today. I just was like consuming news last night, uh, which is never a good idea because you can't sleep because I'm like all stressed out about what's going on in the world. And it's just like, ugh, really, really, really. So, yeah. But anyways, without further ado, everybody, let's get into our stories of the day. I have four for you. Our first story is from E! News. Um... It's about literally one of my favorite celebrities in the world is Kanye West. And yesterday I talked about how I, I sort of played a clip from TMZ. He was talking to Nick Cannon, sat down, talked very candidly about how he was walking down running for president. It was really funny. But <laughs> this article is eight Kanye West bombshells from Nick Cannon's podcast, Cannon Class. So let's read these and we'll dissect because I thought this was really interesting. And I, you know, I always love talking about Kanye West because I'm such a big fan of him and his wife. Kanye West sat down with Nick Cannon for the latest episode of his podcast, Cannon's Class, and throughout the 44-minute conversation, the two discussed everything from the Taylor Swift VMAs controversy to his 2016 hospitalization. The rapper also discussed his ongoing presidential campaign, including the origins of his own political banner, The Birthday Party, and one of the issues he's most passionate about, abortion. Um, oh, by the way, I'll put a trigger warning on this. I, I, it's not going to delve into graphic details, but it's definitely, you know, something that I'll put a trigger warning for. Um... As E! readers recall, Kanye opened up about the topic at his first ever presidential rally in North Charleston in July. He details a significant moment in his life when he and his wife, Kim K., uh, Kim Kardashian, learned they were expecting their first child together in Northwest, and they were both initially, they both initially contemplated abortion before deciding against the end. Uh, here are the bombshells. Okay, one, on campaign security, quote, I should have a vest on right now. Like, I always knew I was going to wear a vest as part of my campaign, Kanye explained, referencing the bulletproof vest he's previously worn about delivering speeches as part of his 2020 presidential campaign. Nick replied, quote, we dangerous when we speak. At the beginning and middle and end of the day, I'm a dad, Kanye added. And now there's so many fathers that, you know, they have jobs where their whole point in life is to take care of their whole family. When you're supposed to provide only one service, like we need your new album to be able to just go and provide for your kids, but to be able to set a tone of morality, a tone of spirituality. Interesting. Two, on his 2016 hospitalization. Quote, God brought me to my knees multiple times. First time I was put in the hospital in 2016, I actually started reading the Bible. That was part of what God hit me with. You know, God has a calling on all of us and he uses us in different ways. I believe that or whatever, whatever you sort of deem, these are my words, not the article's words, whatever you deem a sort of higher power uh, or some, something that sort of directs you in the path you're going, uh, essentially a higher power of any sorts, I believe that sort of things manifest in a very natural and specific way that are meant to be like assigned to each individual person. I feel that way. That's my opinion. Um, Kanye continued uh, noting that he didn't want his newfound connection to God to appear quote uncool. I'm not going to lie to you. I like being cool. He said, I didn't go into an environment to come off uncool. I mean, that just reminds me so much of the Countess. Be cool. They'll be all uncool. Maybe the Countess and Kanye should collaborate. Can you imagine, Count- Can you imagine Countess Luann collaborating or coming up with a bop with Kanye West? She literally would like supersede the fame that she's received from Housewives of New York and literally become like, imagine if Countess Luann was like even with the Kardashians. I really, I'm vouching for that. I'm vying for that. I really hope that that happens. Kanye West, if you even have a trickle of like interest in my podcast, Mr. Pop Culture, hi, I'm Andrew Beachy. Um, hit up Countess Luann. She loves singing and Kanye's a mega talented collab and Con- Countess like is doing the damn thing. Okay, number three. <gasps> on the importance of family. After discussing his net worth and longtime goals of being recognized as a billionaire by Bloomberg and Forbes, Kanye said, quote, the accomplishment was to be to have that and still be sensitive enough to cry at the idea of, a, this is the sensitive part, aborting my daughter. Like, I have a friend that said, you're not enjoying it. Well, what's the it? 
Because North doesn't read Forbes, he told Nick. She just know if Daddy is home or not. If I'm away for if, I, if I'm away from two weeks, she'll be like, Dad, I miss you. Kanye continued. It's like family is just the key to the world, period. From our immediate family to our friends and family, our co-workers and family, our city, our family, our state and family, our country, our and family, our world. The culture of humanity needs to be family. The culture of family. But the design of our cities, the design of our schools, there's a lot of things designed to not promote family. They're designed to create separation. Um, I actually kind of agree with that. Number four, this is really interesting, on the paparazzi. Because Kanye's like notoriously has sort of a hot and cold relationship with the paparazzi because we've seen him get really upset and like smash camera back in the day. You know, back in the day. Not not so much now, but here we go. Uh, quote, but I'm going to tell you one thing about the media. I'll hop in the car with the paparazzi. I'll hire paparazzi, Kanye said. I know business is down because of COVID. I'm hiring. I'll buy all the paparazzi companies. I want to pick the exact photos. He added that doing so, quote, has always been an idea of mine. Number five, on God speaking to him, right now, God is giving me the information. If God ain't want me to run on stage and say Beyonce had the best video, he wouldn't have sat me in front of the, in the front row. I would have been sitting in the back. It wouldn't have made it so ridiculous of an idea because I had never heard of this person before. And Single Ladies is like one of the greatest videos of all time. And I said, um, and I, uh, sorry, uh, and I was only drinking Hennessy because I didn't want to go to the award show because it was a setup. Um, I have some the varying thoughts about that statement i'm i'm never ever one to step on anyone's toes and uh sorry there's a dog barking in the background my neighbor um i've never one to step on anyone's toes specifically with regards to their religious beliefs or why they are where they are i do believe though that you know he could have stayed seated and maybe nudged beyonce and been like hey girl you have the best video in the world which Single Ladies is incredible, but it's also Taylor Swift's year. And, you know, do you guys remember 2009? Beyonce did that really class act thing. And when she accepted Greatest Artist of the Year Award, whatever she won, she brought Taylor out to accept her award that Kanye, you know, that's class act. But anyways, that's just what I think about that moment. Um, still one of the most iconic pop, pop culture moments of the day. Then, of course, Taylor and Kanye forgave each other. And then, of course, the infamous tape leaked about, you know, the whole snake thing and blah, 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 blah. Okay, number six on the birthday party. Kanye and Nick engaged in an in-depth conversation about abortion and Planned Parenthood, prompting Kanye to reveal that the birthday party, the banner, he's running as a presidential candidate under, quote, is dealing with life and pro-life. When I came up with the name of my party, the birthday party, it was funny. It was just crazy. It was Yazzie. <laughs> Yazzie. I was like, that's it, he explained. I can only give God the glory because of the connection point to the birthday party is dealing with life and pro-life because they're, because these kids are now going to get a chance to have birthdays. Seven on his first Ever presidential rally in South Carolina. Quote, for anyone who wants to tear me down for crying, you realize that because of South Carolina, there are people who have decided to have a child because they connected. And if they were, and if they were on the fence about it, they never saw anyone in my position take that position and say, look at this. This is a seven-year-old right here. And she might have never made it. Kanye said, referencing to the revelation he made in South Carolina. He continued, quote, hold on one second, I have to clear my throat. <clears throat> Sorry. He continued, so when I talked to my father, my father made me apologize to him for bringing this up publicly. He also said that the abortion culture teaches people that a child isn't a real soul. And it was my wife that said, quote, this is a soul. And the, and the scariest thing is she had the pills, you know. You know, you take these pills, you take them, and the next morning, the baby's gone. She had the pills in her hand. That was Kanye's quote. Number eight on Sunday service. This is, that's very graphic, I know, but I'm, again, I'm gonna put a trigger warning on this episode um, for anyone who's not comfortable with uh, sort of that, that notion or that thought or that the discussion in this episode. Totally understand it, totally respect it. Number eight on Sunday service. Quote, I spent every dime that I have for marketing from Yeezy on Sunday service. Every dollar I had, I spent 50 million last year on Sunday service. If you add up the operas, if you add up the flights, damn. It was 120 people going to Jamaica. The Yeezys, they were selling themselves. So instead of, 
paying for ads, I invested it in the church. I invested it in spreading gospel. I invested in Jesus' name and saying Jesus' name on high. Well, Sunday service is very, very successful. And uh, hey, I mean, he's putting the money towards a greater good and, and uh, celebration of life and of his religion. I think that's great. It was a very interesting interview. Um, I, I highly suggest listening to Nick Cannon's podcast. I love Nick Cannon. I've been a fan of his since like all that and the Amanda show and like everything he was on. He's so talented. And I know he was in a bit of hot water for uh, some anti-Semitic comments which were made, which um, of course there was a bit of backlash and you know whatnot but i I believe uh, nick cannon addressed everything and got in touch with um uh some uh leader or or big big uh wig in the community of which he was critical about um and i think everything's okay i don't think he was canceled i'm not quite sure you know me i i hate cancel culture i'm so not into it but yeah anyways that was a very fascinating interview and i love hearing about kanye west i love when kanye west opens up um and i love nick cannon so what a great what a great interview okay Second story of the day. This is from page six. Ryan Murphy, creator of Glee, American Horror Story, Scream Queens, just one of those mega successes and fabulous, fabulous men, um, announces the birth of his third son. Griffin, how very exciting. Ryan Murphy's family is growing. On Tuesday, the Glee creator, 54, announced the birth of his third son with husband David Miller. Um, Son, Griffin Sullivan, who arrived last month. Oh, and then uh, page six provides a photo of the two. I didn't know that's what his husband looked like. So sweet. Um, Griffin Sullivan Miller Murphy, August 18th, six pounds, 13 ounces. Murphy posted to Instagram showing a photo of sons Logan, seven and four at five with their baby brother. In June, Murphy, who's been married to photographer Miller since 2012, 2012, revealed a little one was on the way. Quote, we are expecting another baby, a boy in August, Murphy shared in the architectural digest. Oh my gosh, I should read that. I haven't read that. In October 2018, Murphy opened up about uh, son Ford's cancer battle, two years after he had been diagnosed with neuroblastoma, an often fatal pediatric cancer, he said at the time. A year later, um, Murphy announced that Ford was cancer-free. That's right. I remember that. Wow, that's amazing. That that warms my heart. And uh, I, I um, yeah, that was amazing. But congratulations to Ryan and his husband and his growing family. That's just so wonderful. Um, interesting. So, you know, he having a son, Leah Michelle having a son. Uh, the Glee family is growing. Um Oh, so wonderful. Yeah. Yay! Yay, Ryan Murphy. Um, okay, third story of the day. This is from Enos. Okay, this is a bit of a controversial story, and there's a lot going on with it. There's a lot of component, components to unpack, but I'm going to read to you and then we'll dissect. Because I've read varying reports, I've seen varying photos, and I, I have my thoughts, and I'm just like, ugh, I can't even with this. Okay, Aubrey O'Day slams, quote, sick and degrading comments about her body. Uh, Aubrey O'Day, who you guys know from Danity Kane, if you don't know, she was on the show, on PGD show, and MTV making the band back in the day, like literally one of the greatest shows ever. I don't know if they did another season of that, but Danity Kane, I think, was the most successful band that came from them. By the way, I think I saw, I saw Danity Kane actually when I went to my first co- concert ever, which was Christina Aguilera at the TD Garden in Boston, and Danity Kane opened. I was like literally living for it. Um, Okay, I'm so out of control. Okay, Aubrey O'Day is clapping back. On August 31st, the Daily Mail published a series of photos of a woman, the outlet identified as O'Day, with the headline, quote, Aubrey O'Day looks unrecognizable as she emerges for a stroll with her dogs after promoting diet app with filtered snap on Instagram. It wasn't long before the report spread online with some accusing O'Day of editing past social media photos to promote products. However, O'Day refused to stand for any body shaming. Taking to Twitter on September 1st, the 36-year-old singer posted a photo of herself wearing a black swimsuit while holding a piece of paper that featured the date and time, her name, and the words, quote, this is degrading on it. Quote, I'm so sick of what people will do for clickbait, the Danny Decane star wrote alongside the photo, and that my lawyer needed this photo to defend me against it. When this industry... 
When is this industry going to stop abusing women's bodies? Sorry, my place is a mess. Currently remodeling my glam room. I'm sure it'll be written that I'm a hoarder. Next. Um, soon her followers also came to her defense, quote, the shit she has to deal with on a regular basis about what her body looks like, especially when it's always false information. A fan tweeted, I'll never understand the world's obsession with a woman's body. O'Day then replied by writing, quote, makes me sick. I was jamming to Brandy and Monica's, um, Brandy and Monica Ver- Verzuz, she continued, um, started my glam room. Yeah, um... So there were some photos posted of a woman. I don't know if it was Aubrey O'Day. It, didn't, it certainly didn't look like her face. Um, and it's just, the, the, the point of this whole story, the point of me sharing this story, is that it's so demeaning, degrading, and horrifying, literally, what articles will publish. Because even if that was her, the fact that they're posting a photo, uh, uh, monetizing, profiting, and, 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 and just sharing the news of the fact that a woman who is entitled to look however she wants to look, regardless of whatever, women, men and women, you can look however you want to look. And then sort of uh, tearing her apart and, and, and making a news article saying that this is how somebody chooses to look at the current moment. And uh, so frustrating. And then Abby obviously posted on her story where she looks fine. So Daily Mail, you're so ridiculous. So ridiculous, redonk. Um I have an interesting story about Aubrey O'Day, actually. I saw her when I went to see the musical Hairspray on Broadway way, way, way back in the day. Um, she played Amber, and she was fabulous. She was so talented. It was so exciting to see her. I went uh, to the stage door after the show, some of my friends, and we got to meet her, and she was so nice, and she was gorgeous, fabulous, talented. I love Aubrey O'Day. And the fact that, like, this is even a story is just preposterous, but the fact that we're still, as a society, like putting these demands on women for what they should look like and expectations is just horrible. And like, if you want to be, you know, whatever size, if you want to, if you want to look, you know, like me, you look like me. If you want to look like her, you look like her. You look whoever you want to look, girl, and you do not get shame for it. And shame on the Daily Mail and shame on for everyone that's criticizing this lady's body because you know what? Who cares? What do you look like? I tell you something. When I wake up in the morning, I do not look cute. I have pimple cream all over my face. My face is like all over the place. It takes me like an hour every day to get glammed up. And I'm a boy. So, I mean, if I was a girl, I can't even imagine. It would probably take me even longer. But like, I love beautifying myself. I love like getting all dolled up and jazzed up. Because, you know, I want to be gorgeous. I want to walk out in the world and be like, yes, yes, yes. But that's just me. Because looks obviously are not important. <laughs> wink, wink. Okay, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, that brings us to our final story of the day. And this is a really exciting story. Because it's it's sort of a full circle moment. It's very heartfelt. It's for somebody who's so deserving somebody who's so talented seems like he's a really humble guy super kind generous as philanthropic does the right thing and this is from tmz tyler perry officially a billionaire tyler perry's got something else to take ownership of he's now a billionaire tyler's net worth just jumped and made him the newest official member of the three comma club according to a new forbes report detailing his rise from being quote poor as hell to rich and powerful i know tyler's just as many a time he grew up he was not from a wealthy family he's self-made which is incredible he's so talented which is even more incredible and he just seems like he's a really cool guy which is even even more incredible also i believe there were um stories out there i don't know if this is true or not or verified that he lent megan and harry his la like compound which is just like such fabulous news millionaires sharing millionaires homes love it um, that was before I believe Megan and Harry bought their place in Santa Barbara. No, not Santa Barbara. Yeah, Santa Barbara. Uh, Montecito. Okay, Tyler's net worth. I already read that. Okay, the numbers are in, and here's the breakdown of how Forbes is calculating Tyler's milestone net worth. 
Damn, this makes me feel like I got to get a job. Okay, $320 million for his entire library of movies, TV shows, plays, etc. He owns 100% of the content he's created. $300 million in cash investments. $280 million for Tyler Perry Studios, which is on 330 acres in Georgia. $60 million for his equity, uh, equity stake in BET+, Plus, the streaming service that debuted last year. $40 million in homes and toys. Um, yeah. Uh, add it all up. That's cool. $1 billion. Not bad for a guy who once slept in his car. Harvey Levin interviewed Tyler back in 2017 for the show Objectified, and Perry explained how he believed in betting on himself and why he relishes in commercial success in addition to artistic success. Yeah, this is um, this is amazing. So well-deserved. And for somebody who is a visionary, which he is, he's like Walt Disney. He, he found something to just create. He created a whole world, a whole uh, niche genre for people to love and I, I'm lucky enough to have auditioned for some of his shows, which is so cool, which is an honor because he has really good shows. So congratulations to Tyler Perry. Um, what, what a thing to celebrate, you know? That's just... I'm sure somebody, uh, <coughs> cough, cough, Bernie Sanders would be like, billionaire, Tyler Perry should not be a billionaire, tag the rich. Well, you know what? Bernie Sanders have several seats because Tyler Perry deserves his money, okay? So sit down. I have many, many thoughts about, um, you know, Mr. Sanders, but this isn't a political episode, um, nor am I, you know, going to put any more negativity into the world because that is what our current commander-in-chief does. Um, and like, you know, no shade, but like, tone it down. All right, everybody, I hope you all have a great, great, great Wednesday. Um, be well, wash your hands. Wear a mask. Be kind to one another. Um, don't make people feel bad about having uh, varying political beliefs because everybody's entitled to believe what they want unless uh, you're believing uh, a big, in bigotry or murder. Uh, well, then you can condemn that. Um, and be well. Thank you for listening to my podcast, The Mission of Pop Culture. Uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Play, iTunes, uh, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, wherever all podcasts play. All right, everybody, bye.